Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Carrie Ransom, and his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC. Welcome to Accelerate OC. This is a special edition, and today we are having my first Accelerate OC repeat guest. Uh, Doc oh, wow. Reese, uh, who is the CEO of Wooden Floor, and it is one of the most important nonprofits here in the Orange County community. So I am very happy to have Dawn back. And I think beyond the fact that she's running one of the coolest and most important nonprofits here, she's also just such a great active leader and connector of others in the community. And we'll talk a little bit more about that today. And I also really wanted to bring her on to talk about some of the challenges that we have with this current virus crisis and certainly nonprofits everywhere, but even here in Orange County are particularly challenged at a time like this. And she's been through some other crises in her past. And so I think we have a lot to talk about. And so Dawn, for my first time in Accelerate OC, welcome back. To Thank the show. you. Well, I'm glad I reached out because I'm real. I didn't know I was your repeat first repeat guest. Yeah, <laughs> so super excited. So tell us, just remind everybody quickly about sort of your unique background, both you know professionally, as we've talked about previously, that we have a lot of overlap in the technology industry, but also um, you know what's what's happening with Wooden Floor. Thank you, Carrie. Uh, so you know when um, when I reached out, you know what I love about your show and what you're doing in the community is all around all about driving innovation and as you say accelerating innovation and um you know that's what i see for myself since i started in my career our linkage is that i started in the uh, technology sector and management consulting for um technology software hardware companies in the 80s i started a, a trade association called software council of southern california in the 90s and then I had this wonderful opportunity to segue into um, the nonprofit sector. And what I believe now is that I'm at the opportunity to drive social innovation. How do we bring social change to underserved communities um, at the Wooden Floor and in Orange County? Um, I, like you said, I have a wonderful opportunity um, uh, as the CEO of the Wooden Floor. And also I sit on a couple other nonprofit boards in Orange County. And I have this wonderful vantage point to see how we can be a collaborative um, infrastructure within the county. Um, and uh, this crisis is actually giving us this unique opportunity, I should say looking at opportunity in the county to make a difference in a new and different way. And so I'm very optimistic even in the midst of the challenge that we will rise. So um, the Wooden Floor is an after-school organization. We annually provide 475 young people with uh, dance education that we combine with academic tutoring, college and career readiness, and social services. And today, especially with the crisis, our social services are really in full action mode. Um, all of our families are um, very low income or extremely low income of the county, typically $37,000 a year, family of five. So you can only know in Orange County that is, a, it's just, they're already just uh, just above water, right? And so um, with the crisis, we had to just totally activate. Um, the students were sent home. Uh, 
and uh, that then created we're an after school organization. So how do we support the students after school um, at home now we're working remotely? And I can see it's only been 15 days since really everything, <laughs> the, the hammer kind of fell on the county and everyone's staying at home. And so um, for us, we've had to really activate fast because we have two locations now, closing them down, having all our staff work remote, but also, but make sure that we're staying super connected to our students and our families. Yeah, this is a time when, especially with that group, I could imagine you, you have a risk to lose some of them. Right, and we don't use dance for a step or training or technique. We use it for life skills. Yeah. We're teaching them how to move in the studio, but we're really helping them how to move in life. So I sent a letter to the class of 2020 because I'm just devastated that they're not in school in their senior year. They're not at the wooden floor their senior year. And I've known them personally, I've been at the wooden floor for 11 years. So I've seen them grow up since they were third graders. And now there are these great young people going into our world. And so I wrote them a letter and I haven't put it out yet. I, they want me to put it on you know, social media and all that. And I'm like, I just want it to be about them right now. I, maybe I put it out in a couple of weeks from now, but really thinking about like, you know, they really are, um, they've already, they've learned, know how to overcome fear and turning it into power. They know how to think outside the box when there is no box. <laughs> um, they're super resilient. What they've overcome in the last 10 years with our organization and in their own lives, and they all have plans to go to college. 100% um, are on track to enroll in higher education again this year. We have an event that we normally have in April, which unfortunately we had to postpone. But, you know, for us, it's it's for them is that we're, no matter this too shall pass, you know, this, this crisis they're in, but they're really on my heart right now because I know that, you know, they've invested so much in their academic careers and at the wooden floor. And, uh, but we are gonna celebrate them in June hopefully we're out of all of this and we have a parent event that we normally do just for the parents mm. and we're gonna we're gonna celebrate them no matter what even if it's virtually we're gonna celebrate them yeah and i think there's so much that so many of us can probably learn from that group too to apply to our own lives during this right. time and after this starts to, to pass that um you know as, as many have have been quoted before you know don't let a good crisis go to waste, that there is so much to be learned and for us to grow uh, at a time like this. And I think it, it often will focus us in on the things that matter most. And uh, I think, you know, we have some things like that that we can we can talk about. And, and you know, I think this, this is a county that has amazing, prosperous elements to it. But I think there's also been a tremendous amount of complacency uh, because there has been so much prosperity and people have been doing the same thing and there's a lot of inertia and a lot of, uh, of just even in some cases, small thinking. And I, I love some of the guests I've had on here, uh, including you, that just think so big and think how do we leverage what we have here to go impact other places and, and even change the world. And I think a time like this is where hopefully we can focus in on even bigger ideas and how by working better together, we can go drive that change here in a more impactful way to more families and more lives in Orange County, but also even beyond these borders that we have the right mix of everything we need here to make big Dent the Universe positive impacts in the world. 
Yeah, and especially with Orange County, it's I think we're so positioned, um, especially in California, um, next to Silicon Valley. I think we're so positioned so well here to take advantage of this whole virtual new world um, that is really opening up all kinds of possibilities to us. You know, um, I had a call this week with, um, he's a strategist with Edwards Life Sciences and a professor at UCI. And he, I talked to Christian uh, Johnson and I said, Christian, you know, I need just, I just need an outside thinker, like thinking through this virtual curriculum idea I have. And he goes, cause he's not, you know, he's not Dan, but he actually had come by for a tour and he knew what we had done and he was just impressed. And he's like, absolutely. So he started talking and within a half hour, he was helping me think through virtual curriculum design, um, ways to create connectivity through video and like Zoom, you know, where you can have this one-on-one -on -one conversation. And so then he said, hey, you know, I want to bring my friend into the conversation, which is this professor on virtual management at UCI. Um, and as is William uh, Raquel and um, William hopped on the call. Now, I think because we're at this place, everybody in their homes and they have a little bit of bandwidth to connect. Okay. I have to tell you, in that hour conversation, we came out with my artistic director so electrified about this whole idea. We have new language around um, he talked about a, a techno a techno language around techno connectivity and techno literacy and how how we're actually going to help our students by engaging them in this way mm -hmm. adapt to this 21st century world that we were trying to figure out like how do we do this in an after school environment when they're in the dance studio and they also have their academics and and I was trying to create a corporate mentoring program virtually and now it's going to be seen so easy after all, awesome. all of this, awesome. you know, and um, just having that hour that I spent with him. And then afterward, um, Christian sent me this whole page of my thoughts he had on what directions he thinks it could go. And just to have that one-on-one -on -one time with someone who doesn't have to be a nonprofit, he's at Edwards Life Sciences, which is one of our partners here at the Wooden Floor. And then UCI, you know, having a top professor on virtual management involved in the conversation. I just feel we are so farther ahead because we've asked, like I asked to come on and talk to you that, um, you know, it's all about possibilities. We can't, even though it is very difficult and I don't want to downplay that, that there's still a lot of challenge. We're having um, people pass away here in the county, but um, we have to do our part to stay safe, but we have to think that's, that's the American way. We have to think very forward thinking and I think the Orange County way that's the Orange County way we're we're, we're not going to rest on our laurels right find solutions yes right so let's let's transition talking about that a little bit so I mean when you came on a few months ago we were in a very different place <laughs> and obviously this a lot's changed and, and a lot's changed in just the last few weeks but I mean just share with my audience you know what's going on with your colleagues and and the nonprofit sector here I mean you mentioned Sort of how you've had to adapt and adjust short term at the wooden floor but you know what what are we hearing or what are you hearing from your colleagues around the, the county as far as the impact that this is having on them in the short term and and this social innovation nonprofit sector here so you know the first thing that comes to mind is you know we had to we're always adaptive i think nonprofits are super adaptive and i think sometimes um they're given maybe a little bit of a bad rap that you know um they're you know, maybe a little stodgy, set in their ways, maybe not as innovative as, and I'm like, well, I don't know who you know, but every nonprofit leader I know is like, 
highly adaptive, creative, um, able to think on their feet. And but I have to tell you, it's been a lot. That's that's the big conversation all of us have with the CEOs. Like, even though we we feel like we we create generative thinking processes in our organizations, and I'm talking those more established nonprofits, you know, not a startup nonprofit or something, um, who have you know leadership and great boards and all of that. It's um, the conversation isn't about a startup nonprofit. Those who, um, you know, we know we create generative thinking processes. We look at design thinking in our own ways. We're always looking to pilot to save resources in order to test some things. Mm -hmm. But this has been a new normal because one of the things we do, most of us are like, like this face to face with our clients. And all of a sudden our clients are pulled out of our, out of our organizations. And we have to immediately think of their welfare um, how we're going to handle um, their difficult situations. I have a friend that um, Maricela Rios Faust is the CEO of Human Options. Um, you know, she runs a domestic violence uh, organization and sheltering. And, um, you know, she had, and she's an essential service to the county as well. They're contracted. And, you know, it's just um, her difficulty is like, wow, I have to have my staff stay at the sheltering, even though we're mandated by the state of California, right, to do this. Um, the wooden floors issue is that um, our families are already in poverty, but they were still working two weeks ago. I think in the next weeks, they're probably going to get laid off because most of them are service workers. Mm -hmm. So for the wooden floor, we're doing everything to prepare for that onslaught <laughs> into the organization, anticipating their needs. We feel academically they've handled things well, but you know, with the schools closing, it's created a huge burden both on our clients and our staff at the same time. Uh, both from daycare and um, coordination and all that. Um, and then also with our supporters, you know, they've, they've been super um, invested in, in across the county and all the different nonprofits. Um, and, but they know that they're struggling. So you normally don't have all of it happening at once. It's a and shock. So, yeah, it is. It's, I mean, the closest thing I think at this stage that people are feeling, it's, it's something somewhat akin, but I would say even much, much, bigger magnitude wise to more like September 11th than a, a business driven shock, like uh, the financial crisis or, uh, you know, the dot com bust, which we both have been through. I think this is less it's, I mean, there's obviously been a huge amount of market uh, struggle and challenge, but not you know, that plus sort of just the, the implication <laughs> of the, and, and even seeing it in the tension in the market right now of, you know, is this more of a health issue? Is this more of an economics issue? Where, you know, are, are the, do we project out these numbers or these numbers? And it's, it's been fascinating, but also really uh, difficult to try to navigate. Well, and you know, like, I think in February, we had one of the best um, workforce numbers, lowest unemployment, I yep. think, for a long time. And, and, um, I think you saw, you know, there were challenges. We, um, you know, you'd go to an economic forecast and they'd say, well, 2021 is going to be a little choppy. 2020 looks both from Chapman and Cal State Fullerton. And so, you know, as you're looking, you're making your projections, you're doing your budgets, you're like, okay. Because I, I like to go to those kinds of things. So I was a CFO before a CEO. And um, I just like to have that worldview of <laughs> what's happening externally. Mm -hmm. And um so I kind of was planning 2021, okay, let's look at our budget. But all of a sudden it's like, wow, okay, it's 2019, 20, 2000, our fiscal year goes to August. 
we're in it now. Like it, it and so, um, you know, all organizations run very differently. Um, the biggest challenge nonprofits have is most of them have between like zero and three months of reserves. Um, we fortunately have more. Um, it's just how we've always ran our organization. But that doesn't mean we can't take the pedal off the metal to our own fundraising efforts. And so I really, my heart hurts for the smaller nonprofits and those that don't have those types of reserves because we were just on a call right before this with the CEO forum. And um, I guess um, NorCal has uh, now pushed out their dates of when they think people are going to return back to the office. And so I don't know if that's even trickled down. Pushed out, like extended them out? Yeah. And it, you know how it is NorCal and Sacramento kind of dictate what's eventually going to happen in L.A. County and then Orange County. So, you know, we don't know. And so yeah. it's just the information, too. I think that's the other part is the mass amount of information that's coming in because of social media and other mm-hmm. ways is different, making sure you're not hearing fake news, right? You're not hearing, you're hearing from the source. So we're trying to go to the CDC, the Cal, the Cal Chambers, the uh, SHRMS, uh, Scientific Human Resource Management, and the governor's office, you know, to get our information. And then uh, legislatively too, on the federal level, um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Nicole Sudan from Goodwill, she's been able to bring in their government affairs um, updates to us. So we've had a sense of what's happening with the stimulus package and everything else. So uh, we've been talking about that within our group. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's talk. You just, you know you just had that group, so that's timely. So really, as I think as a result of what's happening, you pulled together a group of several of the leading nonprofit. CEOs here in Orange County into a, a forum. And um, as we've talked about, I've talked about several times, you know, I'm, I'm involved pretty heavily in a group here that came together a few years ago called the CEO Leadership Alliance of Orange County. And this seems to have a lot of similarities, but from a group of really important nonprofit CEOs. So tell me, tell me a little bit more, tell us a little bit more about, you know, what spurred this and, and how it's going so far. So how it started was, very simply is that I wanted to bring my best thought partners that I trust and respect in the county, uh, regardless of mission, if there was any competitive mission alignment or to any of the organizations, I believe they're some of the top thinkers from CEO side. Not to say other people aren't, it's just that these were the ones that I kind of hang out with, you know, when I have a challenge, I reach out to and say, what's your thoughts on that? So I originally brought eight, about eight groups together and that was, um, Goodwill Orange County, uh, Boys and Girls Club Orange Coast, Robert Santana um, with Nicole Sidam at Goodwill, Marcella Rios Faust of Human Options, Jennifer Friend of Project Hope Alliance, My um, Dana Butler from um, Shea Center, uh, and then um, Lucy Santana, Girls Inc. And um, the idea was, yeah, wow, these are people that I've gone to over the last couple of years when I've had questions. Mm-hmm. We usually attend. Um, social innovation conferences. We understand what's going on the national and local level at the same time. Well, so we had our first phone call. We scheduled the phone call. And then all of a sudden, people were popping into the call that weren't invited. So I don't know how it all came together. But uh, all of a sudden, we had a group group from eight to now we had like 20. And I was like, awesome. but everybody just wanted to be together. Of course, yeah. we're not going to tell someone, you know, hey, you're on our call. And I was just happy because some of them are brand new CEOs. Um, in their organizations, um, some are smaller organizations, and so all of us said, "Like, 
hop on in, you know? And, and so our first conversations were centered upon, and it was only an hour, and I can't believe the amount of content we got through, but um, we focused on a leadership in a crisis. You know, what's our role as CEOs to keep, you know, everybody calm. And um, I've had a mantra at the wooden floor now is we serve the underserved, we need to remain calm. And so we, we were having that conversation. Um, we talked about risk management, um, initial human resource. Man- this is a, this literally when it first broke. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about staffing, um, layoffs versus furloughs. Um, we talked about or keeping your staff on, you know, during this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started talking about work remote plans because no one had ever had a work remote plan. And luckily that Friday I had had Derek uh, Bruner, who's our director of strategic initiatives, start putting one together. And so I was like, well, let me send it to you. So that's how it started. And then we met the following Friday because it was so robust. The conversation was everybody said, can we come together this week? <laughs> okay. That was a Monday. Came together on Friday and the group grew to 40. Mm. And that I, Robert suggested I put something out on LinkedIn to let people know that um, we were doing this and how we're advocating for the sector. And I said, okay. And I know, you know, you know, we're LinkedIn. I think that's how we originally met mm-hmm. um, is that um, I said, I'm going to use my network for a force for good in the county and help people, um, the wooden floor and others by learning from best practices. And uh, that call, we had 40. And then today's call and last call was around uh, fundraising mm-hmm. events, mm-hmm. Um, uh, some HR at that point, but we felt like we wanted to table today. So today we talked about human resource management, financial management, cash flow, um, SBA loans, or some talk that nonprofits are can avail themselves to those loans. There's some tricky parts we're hearing that because you have to have them collateralized. And so not all nonprofits own buildings and things like that. But um, looking at lines of credit, going to your banker and talking about how you can have a line of credit with your organization. So, you know, that level of conversation is uh, very high level and strategic. Um, talked a little bit today about board governance and how do we use our committees to really help us think through these types of, mm-hmm. you know, challenges we're having. That's great. I mean, what an amazing, uh, and I'm very confident that really positive things obviously are happening now, just emotional support. I mean, we're seeing that with a lot of things we're doing where just connecting in person hearing live voice, seeing each other like this is, <laughs> yeah, is, is super powerful. And then even just taking that deeper look that many of us have the time to, to have right now, like I'm sure a lot of your peers are taking a deeper look at their operations and everything will yield much more effective organizations on the other side and, and right. probably opportunities to, to really look and go, all right, should we be doing that? Should we be in that business? Should we be, right. you know, are there additional efficiencies and, uh, I think that's, you know, one of the things that, that CLA has really tried to bring is this idea of like, we're better together and we can, if we think more abundantly uh, and not competitively and, and have that scarcity yeah. mindset, we're going to be able to impact that many more people with uh, our work and, right. and focus and that a lot of these things could, could do a lot more good in the world if, if we collaborate and are more open with each other. So I think it's great what, what you've done. So as you think about the lessons that, you know, as you draw on some of the other, I mean, we, we've talked briefly about, you know, some of the other uh, crises that we've both been through at other stages of our life. 
what what lessons are you drawing on or uh, leaders that you've admired in your past are you really going to at a time like this to say, you know, whether nonprofit or for-profit that you would share with, with my audience and say, hey, you should think about this? Well, I think it's that um, balancing the emergent with tomorrow, you know, it's like, it's like in any type, you have any type of business challenge, I think it's to keep um, your organization focused and centered on what its core mission is when, when you're in a crisis. I think sometimes um, because of opportunities come, I think nonprofits can sometimes have a little mission drift when things like this happen. I think business is, can too, because you're thinking to yourself, um, you know, you're always looking at opportunities and you want to be prepared for those, but you also at the end of the day, this will be over and you want to make sure you're not diluting your message or people's perception of what you're doing or your who you're serving. Maybe you're going a different direction and they ask like, well, that's what I, I didn't think you were about. You know, what if all of a sudden, you know, we were going in a completely different path, you know? And I think um, that's something I would share for business or nonprofit. Um, just stay focused right now. I know it's difficult to do. Um, how do you look at the emergent and long-term? You know, we do still have our strategic vision that's teed up for 2131. Mm-hmm. I, we need to be working on that. As soon as we get past this emergent phase, I'm calling it where it's kind of crazy right now and we don't know when it's going to end. And that's, I think, a challenge. But, you know, how do I keep the staff and, and your teams and for my staff and, and other teams, how do you keep them focused on, you know, what's in the future? Because this will end. And then we have to be really ready from health and mindfulness to be taking care of ourselves during this time. So when we do come back, full force. I mean, I, I feel like I'm working harder than ever right now. <laughs> um, but when I come back, like we're going to have the needs of the community on our shoulders. Yeah. They're going to be, you know, if it's it's food or it's housing or it's emotional support, counseling, mm-hmm. crisis intervention with our, with our students and families and others who are in the nonprofit sector, not just about the wood and floor, is that we have to be super prepared for what's about to hit us when we all go back and see our families every day. Because right now they are at home or uh, they're maybe not in your, at your campus or your offices or how you serve your clients or your centers, but they're going to come back and they're going to need more help than ever. And um, for us, it's also preparing our staff for that mindfulness and wellness that we're talking about right now for when we do come back, that they're ready to go. Yeah, I think that's that's super important. I, uh, I've i seen, I, I had a couple really interesting startups that I've been talking to lately that have actually been getting a lot of inbound inquiries that are doing mindfulness, wellness, other things that you know could fit in a corporate or, or any sort of organizational setting where it's really helping in a multidisciplinary way around that and a lot of HR leaders or talent leaders are reaching out to them and saying, Hey, we've got these people at home. We, we don't, we're trying to figure out how to keep the pulse on them and make sure they have different exercises or uh, modules or, or things to, and to engage with. And so, yeah, I think there's going to be much more awareness of that now and on the, the other side of this than there probably has ever been. Right. The last thing I would add is that, you know, I think um, I've seen it, like we are talking, we've been through a few different kinds of things. Um, I saw it with the defense breakup, you know, that started all kinds of software companies in Southern California in the 80s um, when I came out of college, um, that uh, they were all like more of the bigger companies. And then when the defense industry had challenges, it broke up and it spawned off tons of software companies and hardware companies in Southern California. 
I think the, um, you know, you look at the 80s and the 90s around Microsoft and other companies like that. And then you go into like the, the we talked about the last time, the dot-com boom, you know, um, we had so many startup, um, you know, uh, a lot of venture capital going into startups and looking at, uh, you know, dot-com, then it crashed, you know, in the early 2000s. And then you had, you know, sadly, you know, 9-11 and, you know, that galvanized the community and, and then now, and then the great recession, you know, um, and I, I'm, you know, you don't want to go through anything like that, but I, I'm just happy in a, in an odd way that I've been tested like that. And I, I know, but I think of the leaders that haven't been that, um, it's a lot, you know, to overcome, but I really think you have to stay hopeful that there is opportunity here that you haven't even understood yet because you're in the middle of the emergency. And I think you have to say to yourself, well, be, be comfortable with the uncomfortable. You know, that's anything I would tell to a leader as a business leader or a nonprofit leader is, you know, be okay with unsettled because I think we're going to be changed in prolific ways, both hopefully not as negatively, but there will be negative change, but also positively. And how do you adapt to that change in this new normal is really good about how you rise above it. I just gave a message that like that to our staff. You don't see it sometimes, it feel, you know, the forest through the uh, trees, as they say. Um, but um, this is really when if you can get quiet and think about, you know, what is the big picture that you want to accomplish both in your life mm -hmm. and in your companies and what you want to do. Um, it's a really great leadership opportunity, you know, if you look at it that way. But I also say this all in the same context of, you know, this, the news comes out every day right now. I know this is going to be recorded for eternity, <laughs> mm -hmm. but, you know, is that um, there's a lot of people hurting, um, both from COVID itself and being sick and everything, all the way to the ripple effect of the COVID crisis that we uh, don't even know what it's going to look like today. This is kind of a snapshot in time. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, if I say anything, I remain hopeful. This, this too shall pass. Yeah, I, th I think those, those are great. So many great lessons in there, Don. Well, um, to wrap up, what are the things that my audience, uh, you know, this is going to be put out very soon. So what are the things that, that the audience, listening audience can do to help you, Wooden Floor, and even the other nonprofits in Orange County uh, at this stage? Well, I think right now we're at this emergent phase and we're trying to figure out um, what's the best way to connect with our you know, our community partners, um, our supporters, our corporations. And I would just encourage um, uh, our business community to reach out to us too. You know, just ask how we're doing. We're gonna ask how they're doing. We're all in it together. Um, uh, we're, we're, we talked at our last uh, CEO forum meeting that we just had about, you know, um, what's the time that we can get back into the, the asking cycle for money? You know, you would say to yourself, isn't it always the time? Mm -hmm. But we're trying to be sensitive, especially our larger organizations, that when people are hurting at their home, you know, maybe it's not the right time. So we're focusing on stories, as Paul always says. Um, great inspiration. We're having our um, staff write notes out on our Instagram accounts to our students and our supporters. And, you know, we're just trying to create deeper connection. And I think that's the real opportunity right now, both from the, um, and then asking how they can help when, when they can, because we are going to need resources. We're going to need help. Um, for the wooden floor, we take a 10 year, we make a 10 year commitment day one. We yeah. tell the student that in 2029, this is when you're graduating high school and going to college. And 
we gear the whole organization up for that from financial to um to um programmatic to align to that to make sure that we accomplish that for the child and so i know there's a lot of great organizations in the community um and so i just want to encourage everybody to lean in lean in and don't be asked to help and and it's gonna it's gonna take money and i know everyone's struggling financially the stock market and all of that but there are people in the community that can really make a difference and i hope that you know, they ask how they can help because I've, I've had many calls like that already from our current supporters saying, I know you're in the craziness of what's going on, but when you, when things settle down, come and talk to us. And that's just a very comforting phone call. Yes. Um, and, and I love the fact we do have volunteers in our community. And, um, but it's also a time right now with resources. We, it's going to be hard to have organizations if we don't have those resources that, um, and especially for the emerging nonprofits and the mid-sized, you know, nonprofits. Um, I think everybody has to be in this together. Mm -hmm. Great, great words. And Don, so uh, great to see you again. Thanks for your continued leadership and commitment and, you know, innovation. You're, you're a change agent. You um, never seem to sit still and, and be complacent. And I, I appreciate you so much for that and certainly for the, all the things you're doing to accelerate OC uh, on so many levels. So great to see you, be healthy, be safe, and uh, hopefully we'll get together in person very, very soon. Yeah, definitely, I'll see you soon. Thank you. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at accelerateoc.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's accelerate OC together.